All right, everybody, welcome to today's episode of the Jerry's World Podcast. On today's episode, my friend Jeff Lenish comes on the show. We both are going to talk about five sporting events that we attended in our lifetime and why each of those events is memorable for us. Also, in the spirit of March Madness and the men's NCAA basketball tournament, I am going to make a bracket here on the podcast. I'm going to start off in the round of 64 all the way up until... I pick a national champion, so as I make the bracket, I'll go through my picks with all of you. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. All right, so I want to welcome to the Jerry's World podcast today a very very special guest, a very good friend of mine, Mr. Jeffrey Lenish. Jeff, welcome to the Jerry's World podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. How are you doing today? Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing doing pretty good today. How are you doing today, Jeremy? Ah, uh, not too bad, not too bad. You know, like I said, it's a pleasure to have you on uh, today. You and I are going to talk about uh, you know five top, uh, five sporting events that we each of us went to, uh, and you know just talk about them and what and what their importance are to us. You know, just kind of like give a little ranking system of them. So I'm looking forward to hearing about your sporting events, and I'm looking forward to talking about my sporting events as well. And with that being said, let's just get let's just get the ball rolling here, and uh, I'll have you I'll have you start us off. All right, sounds good. Um, I didn't I ranked mine in chronological order from oldest to newest. So my first game. Um, I was, went out with my family in 2015. Uh, we had a fun little, uh, summer vacation out. We went to Las Vegas, uh, sort of the Los Angeles area and then, uh, the San Francisco area. And it just happened to work out that, um, there was an LA Galaxy game, you know, they were hosting NYCFC, which I'm pretty sure that was the first time they played each other actually since... NYCFC is uh, that was our first year in the MLS, so it was super like we got really we got good tickets. Ended up um, that was a super fun game. You know we got to the stadium early and we're walking around and I'm I, I do really like that stadium, uh, the uh, where the Chargers ended up playing for a couple for a few seasons. Uh, wasn't as great for them, but great for watching soccer. And LA Galaxy ended up winning five to one. And it was super fun watching, you know, like, uh, you know, some great Andrea Pirlo and David Villa and Steven Gerrard played and Robbie Keane and a bunch of bunch of other players like that. It was super fun, great atmosphere at the stadium, and it turned out to be a, a really nice time. So then my second game was in in the spring of 2017. Um, it was I was. The uh, local AHL team, the Syracuse Crunch, uh, were on a playoff run, and I was kind of keeping track of it. And I'd figured out for the uh, Eastern Conference Finals of the Calder Cup, um, it looked like, oh, maybe Game 5 is going to be there. They're hosting it. Oh, maybe they might be able to uh, to clinch that game. And I was kind of – I got the tickets. Me and my buddy went from from Fisher, not, you, not Jeremy, but another buddy. And uh, – we, I was kind of tracking it, and they were. It was going to be the clinching game for the for the crunch. So it was super exciting, great atmosphere in the stadium, at the uh, War Memorial in downtown Syracuse. And it was a pretty close game all the way through, but the crunch got a couple couple uh, third period goals, including a uh, an empty net goal to seal it. And they they won three to one, got to move on to the Calder Cup finals. So that was just super fun, just to be. Really, that was my first uh, like playoff game I'd been to, and that was just super fun. Do you mind? Do you mind if I cut in here real quick? I uh, just see uh, you know you yeah, mentioned, no, that's fine. just uh, mentioning like you know the Calder Cup Conference Finals there for the Crunch right there. You know, so it was like a big time level, a big time hockey game for not just like you know the Crunch, but also for the Syracuse area as well because obviously you know they don't have an NHL team. But obviously, you know, the city was rallying around its team because they can were in serious contention for winning the Calder Cup, which is the AHL's version of the Stanley Cup. So, like, in terms of the atmosphere, like, you know, it was a, it, like, I, I, 
was it like the like an NHL like playoff atmosphere like you know where people were rowdy like you know the waving of the towels kind of like uh you know I always think of like Winnipeg as a great playoff atmosphere for some reason because of their whiteout and they have like all the towels waving around or anything like that so they like yeah if you can like if you can remember as much details as possible like you know since this was a few years ago like could you go in depth about like how the atmosphere was yeah so it's just the crowd was just like really into it and yeah just like you know cheering every every play that they're making every like hit that they got on and like especially obviously when the goals went in for us like they they just went nuts and just like the last minute i just know like because especially after the uh the empty net goal like it like that pretty much clinched it so it's just like everyone was just going nuts for that last like minute of the game you know they were they just knew, oh, yeah, we're going to win this one now, and they could really just go nuts. And, you know, it's one scene that, you know, especially after the full, after the, uh, you know, the game ended, everyone really went nuts. And, you know, the players kind of stormed the ice, and we're all celebrating and everything. And obviously, it's a great accomplishment for them to make it. I, I know they, they unfortunately lost in the Calder Cup, but it was still pretty exciting to see them go that far. And, yeah, for the city to rally around the team like that, it was really cool. Oh, yeah, no, not without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, you know, getting going on a remarkable playoff run like that uh, is always uh, is always amazing, honestly. I mean, no matter what team it is, no matter what team it is, you know, whether it's like a local team or if it's a like a if it's a team that you support uh, that isn't in your state or in your home area as well. So it's always nice to see it's always nice to see something like that and for you to be experience you know the clinching game of the uh, eastern conference uh, finals for the calder cup playoffs you know that's always spectacular that's something spectacular for memories so but uh, i'll just let you continue on with your list there yeah and i mean just in syracuse area like that's you know we have ahl hockey and uh the the triple a baseball team so we don't really have like a fully like like the main, like a main league team, but it's, you know, that's, you know, we have Syracuse uh, University right there, so that's pretty good too, but, you know, that just makes it exciting for this, for the city. And so then moving on to my third, the number three on my list, um, was actually my first NHL hockey game. Um, we were figuring out about going to, there's a, thinking about going to a Sabres game since out in Rochester. It's just about an hour and a half drive. And we ended up going to a game last February, February 13th, against the Blue Jackets for uh, 2000's night. It ended up being so because it was the Sabres 50th season, the 2019-20 season. Um, so they had like special theme nights, 70s night, 80s night, 90s night. This one ended up being the 2000's night, so that was really fun. And it was a pretty, it was kind of cool getting there early and kind of walking around the stadium and stuff, um, just seeing what I had to offer and everything. And I hadn't really been in, in that stadium before, so it was really cool. And not off to the best start, got down 2 nothing pretty early, but, you know, Sabres worked their way back into it. Got, got a 4-3-2, to two, and I was like, all right, that's a pretty good, that could be a good win for the Sabres, you know, maybe an empty net goal. But then... But then late on gave up a goal to the Blue Jackets, 3-3. But luckily in overtime, uh, Eichel set up Olsen and they got the, got the game winner. Our mutual friend that we went with was like, oh, maybe we should head out. But we were like, no, it's overtime. Like, we got we to gotta stay for overtime. So I, well, I was glad that we did because it was a very satisfying uh finish to the game. I'm, I'm glad you brought that game up because I have that game as a uh... – I have that game as uh, on my list as well because it was just a great game overall. But I'll go more in depth with I'll go in more in depth about it with my perspective uh, when when I talk about my games because, you know, like I said, that was just a great game. Uh, it's on my list too, so I'll definitely talk more about it uh, when I get when I talk about all the, my top five sporting events that I attended. Uh, so with that being said, I'll just have you go right into your second one there, but I'm glad that you have that on your list too. I had a feeling you were going to have that game on the list. I just didn't know, like, I just wasn't a hundred percent. Yeah. And it was just great. You know, first NHL game, it turned out to be a very exciting one. So I was glad that that worked out. And then, so my next one, second to last one here is, uh, 
a game I went to actually the next weekend. Um, I'd gotten it from my brothers for Christmas. I told them, hey, you know, any uh, Syracuse basketball game you want to go to, you know, I'll get the tickets and I'll go. We can all go together. So it made it a little bit tricky just with me being out in school in Rochester. It's a little bit of a drive back home, but, you know, they usually play Saturdays. So it turned out we went to this game against Georgia Tech, you know, in the Carrier Dome. Um, and it was really fun. Uh, they had a, had a little bit of a slow start in the first half. They're kind of struggling to make their shots. It seems like Georgia Tech was making everything or at least getting offensive rebounds to make and then making them on the second try. But then the second second half, the team really came alive. I mean, the crowd came alive and really got behind the team. And you could just see, like, they were just building momentum. And at a certain point, I mean, they may have been down, like, five in the second half. But you were like, all right, they're, they're playing really well. Like, they're just it's just a matter of time before they – get ahead and they did and ended up winning 79-72 and that was just really fun I mean a great they call it the loud house for a reason and it was just a really great really great crowd and and this especially in the second half you know the fans just getting behind the team and you know really really just helped them build the momentum and help them do better and get the win oh yeah no without a doubt especially like you know with you know, that game you're talking about there, like, March, March you know, March Madness is com- coming close, obviously, you know, get, getting towards the end of the regular season, you know, you're trying to push in, trying to get as many wins as possible so you can try and get into the NCAA tournament because, you know, at, you know, it's it's crazy. The past few years, uh, it's always deft, taxes, and Syracuse always making everything interesting in March. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, so, I mean, last season... You know, they were really on that edge where, like, every every game was really a must-win for them to try to make the tournament. And, my, I mean, they probably would have made the tournament, honestly, because they actually, before the season ended up shutting down, obviously, because of how things are now last season, they made it to the semifinals, if I remember correctly, of the ACC tournament before everything shut down, because they ended up be. I remember them beating North Carolina, and I'm like, you know what, that's fine, North Carolina wasn't going anywhere anyways, but it's always, you know, the crowd getting behind Syracuse University, and not just their basketball programs, but also their football programs, too, is also something that I love about Syracuse, honestly, because it's just not the university community, but it's also like the area community too, not just like the city itself, but also like, you know, the surrounding suburbs as well. They, they kind of get around uh, Syracuse basketball when it comes crunch time because it's like, hey, no, like we have a good chance to may, uh, we have a good chance to do damage in the ACC tournament, have a good chance to uh, make the uh, NCAA tournament and always do damage too. But for you to, you know, see, experience what they call the Loud House firsthand um, is just amazing. I mean, I, I've i always tried, I've always looked at tickets to try and go to a Syracuse Orange game just to, you know, see what it's like in the Carrier Dome and experience the atmosphere. Uh, but never really had a chance to, to be honest, because... I, you know, whenever, like, games happen, like, you know, like you said, games are always on weekends, and, you know, now now that I'm not in school, you know, maybe, like, in the future, like, I could go check one game out, but being in school all the time, like, you know, taking the hour and a half trip there, and watching the game for about two hours, and then, you know, it just, you know, it just didn't work in with my schedule, you know, I'd pretty much spend a whole day, uh, but you know, gl- you know, good for you to experiencing that. Hopefully, I can do it soon. Yeah, it's definitely a fun place to go. And the one thing I do like about, uh, like a kind of a tradition that they have at the SU basketball games is that uh, at the beginning of the game, like everyone stands and claps until SU gets their first points of the first half and the second half. So it's kind of like a cool thing, like you know, just to get get the crowd up and ready, get, get them going, get, get SU off to a good start. You just hope that they don't, it doesn't take them five, five minutes to do that because, oh my, that would be awful. Yeah, crowd probably wouldn't like that. We, yeah, can we sit down yet? Can we sit down yet? Yeah, no, no, TV timeout. Gotta do it still. <laughs> yeah. So now going to my last game on the list, the most recent game, the last, the last game I actually went to before everything shut down, 
was the Empire 8 Men's Basketball Championship right down the road at uh, Nazareth College between St. John Fisher and Naz. Um, Saturday, May, February, Saturday, February 29th of last year, 2020. And this is a super, super fun game to go to. Just, you know, big rivalry between the two schools. They had split the season series. I wasn't able to go to either of the games during the regular season. Um, so it was cool to see, like, the grudge match, you know, the game three to to decide it all in the Empire, in the Empire 8 championship. And it was very, very fun game. Like, it was... Nazareth was ahead for a lot of it, but it was, you know, pretty close and, you know, Fisher was keeping in it. And then at the end, they just pulled away. And I mean, the Nazareth fans were really packed in the, packed in the, uh, packed in the building there. There's a little Fisher contingent that I was in and it was just super fun just going back and forth. And, uh, you know, they were able to get the win in the end. They won by 72 to 64, but I think the, they just made a lot of free throws at the end. Like the game was a lot more close and intense than that. And just, you know, a great way to end out our seat, the season for them. And, you know, great way to great last game to go to as a Fisher student. So that, that worked out really nicely. Yeah. I mean, it's always good to win on your rival's home court too, because if I remember, yeah, because yeah, because Nazareth ended up hosting the empire eight championship because they had a better in-conference record in, in the Empire 8 than St. John F- than Fisher did. And talking about going 1-1 one one in the season series, I ended up actually... I went to the Battle of the Beaks at Naz uh, with, with, my friend, with, well, with our friend Nick, actually. Uh, we ended up sitting with the, in the parents section uh, with the Nazareth parents that game. Um, you know, which we found funny for the first half because, like, these parents are, like, into it. Like, they, they're they yelling and screaming at the refs. I'm thinking to myself, like, calm down. It's D3 college basketball. It's not like you're at Duke against North Carolina, okay? I mean, I understand that parents and players and things like that, you know, like, you know, think that, like, it's as intense as Duke versus North Carolina, but it's not. It's... It's Naz. It's Fisher. Okay? I'm not Dickie V gonna go all night with it, okay? I'm not. <laughs> You're not gonna, like, you know, uh, and I'm actually upset that I wasn't able to go to that game that you went to because I wanted to, but if I remember correctly, it was the first, like, official day of our spring break. Yeah, yeah, it was. Our last spring I was just there break. because I was going on a spring break trip the next day. Yeah. With, uh, the campus ministry, so I was staying on campus later. Yeah, I had already for, gone home, uh, and there it made no sense for me. It made no sense for me to come back, just stay or come back or however it would have been just for that because, personally, I just needed to break away from everything at the moment. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly, and it was pretty fun because of the. Well, I was kind of looking on my phone. The uh, the Fisher women's basketball team was their Empire Eight. Uh, tournament was being hosted at Fisher, and they ended up winning too. So it was kind of cool just to just to see both basketball teams sweep the uh, the championships that day. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, those are all wonderful games. I mean, you know, like I said, you know, you and me have one going. Like we'll have one in common on the list there. Uh, yeah, I have. No, I would love to go to an MLS game. You know, I mean, especially with how talented uh, with how talented most of the teams in the league are now compared to five. Compared to uh, five, six years ago, I mean, you know, you got to see some wonderful legends of the game. You got to see Robbie Keane. You got to see Steven Gerrard. You know, you got to see David David Villa, Andrea Pirlo. Frank Lampard didn't play in that game, did he? Yeah, he was. They had a like build on the uh, on the thing, but uh, no, he was injured at the time. Yeah, but it would have been fun to see him play. His too. time in New York City was like very injury prone for the most part. I mean, Steven Gerrard really didn't live up to the hype in MLS either if you ask me. Like he kind of just like went there just to uh be a marketing brand for the LA Galaxy. Uh a lesser known David Beckham if you ask me. Because Yeah, and I mean he he took a couple free kicks, but he wasn't I mean, it was still fun to watch him obviously, but he wasn't Oh. Not quite in his, his uh, glory days. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I, w- I would love to go see an MLS game, honestly, either up in Toronto, because Toronto is actually, like, I would consider Toronto, like, the clo- the closest team to me, you know, since 
It's only like three hours away. Another play, another stadium I would love to go check out uh, is Columbus. I'd love to go check out the Columbus crew. Although ticket prices are probably going to be increasing now since they're the defending MLS champions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, that we drove by the stadium actually going there, going uh, on our spring break trip. Yeah, it looked it looked like a nice spot. They're done with that stadium though. They're oh. bu- they're building a new one. If I remember, they're opening a new one. I think. So they closed oh, out their yeah. stadium, actually, by winning MLS Cup. So good for them there. So ticket prices to go see the crew are probably going to be out of this world. But with that, with that being said there, I mean, like, you said, like I said, you have a great list there. Uh, we have one in common that will be on each of our lists. Uh, I would lo- again, I would love to go see a Syracuse basketball game eventually. I remember trying to go to a game when they played the my hometown Niagara University Purple Eagles. Uh, I don't think that would have been a fun game to enjoy. I think that would have been just like, you know, uh, hey, I'm here just because I'm here game. But yeah. uh, like I said, in the near future, hopefully I can go see a Syracuse Orange game too. Um, yeah, hopefully maybe this season or this next season of things, if things go well. If things do go well. Exactly, exactly. So I'm going to go into my list now to here. And the first game I'm going to talk, because I'm going to do the same thing, go in chronological order. I'm not going to rank, I'm not going to rank them one to five or anything. Um, so the first game I'll start off with uh, goes back to 2006, actually. August of 2006. It was the first Major League Baseball game I ever went to. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, my family... Uh, it was our annual summer vacation, and we went to New York City that year, uh, that summer of two thousand and six. Uh, so we spent like four days. We spent like four days in New York, and four days in New York City. And my dad got us tickets to have a tour of Yankees, the old Yankee Stadium, and also to go to a, a game against the Detroit Tigers. Shout out to uh, John Schott uh, and any other Tigers fans that we know. Um, who knows how your season will go? I know that uh, they're, not, they're not looking too bad right now in spring training, but another friend of mine tells me it's only spring training, so who knows. But back on topic, uh, um, it, the game itself ended up getting, like, it, it ended up getting rained out the night that we were supposed to go, so we ended up staying, like, like an extra like half a day just to go to the game and then we ended up leaving because it was part of a day night double header. Oh, okay. So I chose to talk about this game because like you know, like I said, it was my first baseball game. Uh the old Yankee Stadium, you know, I it's been it's been twelve years now since the old Yankee Stadium has been torn down there in the new Yankee Stadium. I still kinda miss the nostalgic part of the old of the old stadium uh you know so many great moments in yankees history happened there um you know 26 world series 27 worlds no 26 world series titles they won their 27th in the new one uh when it first opened up in 2009 um you know a lot of great moments. Uh, Lou Gehrig's uh, speech. Lou Gehrig's speech uh, when he said when he was retiring from baseball. Reggie Jackson's three home three home runs against the Dodgers in nineteen seventy seven World Series. You know, you know, there's so much that happened there, and I got to like you know, kind you know, like walking through the stadium for the first, like for actually my only time. Uh, me and you know, just being with my dad, my family, you know, going through that there was awesome. Um, and also just seeing the game in general, like uh, we ended up sitting in the bleachers and bleacher tickets back in 2006, 12 bucks off a ticket, ma- t- 12 bucks off a ticket master. Wow. Yeah, that's really good. 12 bucks. Uh, and you know, I know 2006, like that time, like, you know, they were like still contending for the division, but weren't really contending for the world series, but still got to see like, you know, players, Jeter, A-Rod. Matsui, Damon, uh, Mike Messina, you know, Ho- uh, Posada was still catching, you know, so, oh, Cano, Robinson Cano, um, 
Was so, uh, Mark Teixeira there yet? No, Mark Teixeira didn't come until 2009. So, oh, okay. um, uh, in fact, actually, Giambi was our first baseman, if I remember correctly. Uh, because 2000, yeah, yeah, Tino retired after 2005, if I remember correctly. So, you know, so just seeing, uh, just seeing, you know, players like that, uh, just seeing players like that, um, you know, just seeing the Yankees, uh, playing in their home stadium, you know, being part of the bleacher creatures, uh, you know, it was a good experience as a child for me. Um, and, you know, hopefully, I mean, you know, uh, I'd love to go see a Yankees game again sometime soon. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've seen just a baseball. It's been a while since I've seen a major league game in general in person. Um, but I would love to go do that. But I, you know, just talking about this game, you know, brings back a lot of good memories for me. But my next uh, game, my next sporting event, I want to talk about actually may or may not be considered a sporting event. May it's probably going to be considered sports entertainment, actually, but in two thousand and nine, um, I went to uh, Monday Night Raw, uh, at the arena in at the HSBC Arena when it was called that in uh, Buffalo. It was me, my dad, and my grandpa. My grandpa on my mom's side, actually. My grandpa on my dad's side hated res- hates wrestling. He still hates wrestling. He thinks it's bullshit, but. My grandpa, um, like my my grandpa on my mom's side, he loved wrestling. It was like, uh, like an early Christmas gift for uh, for him or so, for for us or something like that. Uh, my mom got us all tick. My mom got us all tickets. Uh, we ended up sitting like in the three hundred section in the arena. Uh, but it was actually like one. I, it was actually like one of the last times that uh, the wrestling faction D Generation X ended up like participating in in rain events uh in buffalo so that was cool to see uh it was good to see like you know kind of like you know bringing back the glo- like it wasn't really a, the pg era yet like uh like how it was for a few years like but the pg 13 era was winding down um the pyrotechnics were like weren't like they still had the pyrotechnics with the uh entrances and everything it was it was good to see i mean you know, the atmosphere was lively. It was pretty much a full arena too. So like WWE's popularity hadn't taken a hit yet, but it was a good. It was just good for to be there because uh, mainly because I was with my grandpa. You know, uh, it was like, uh, and he enjoy he he had a good time uh, with me and my dad. He did fall asleep for a little bit though. He he ended up falling asleep for like about half an hour. He ended up missing like the last. Like, he ended up missing like ha- like the ten to ten thirty block of the tel- like of the show, because of like how it goes. Like they have the telev- like how it's televised. Like, you know, it's like three hours or whatever. So we ended up missing from like ten to ten thirty. I woke him up at like I woke like he woke up somehow. I guess like somebody must have hit something must have hit him or like if he just like you know whoa like you know kind of woke up himself. But after, like, the televised block had ended, and this is actually my favorite part of it, they ended up, like, still doing their in-ring antics for a little bit. And Kofi Kingston uh, ended up, like, getting, like, into a beatdown, ended up getting a beatdown from, like, two or, two, two or three people. I don't remember who they were exactly, but I remember uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H, like, D-Generation X. They ended up coming out from, in, from behind the scenes into the rain again to help Kofi Kingston and this was going on for about 10 to 15 minutes and this is again this is after the show so once they're finally done Shawn Michaels says to Triple H he's like Hunter you know we've been off the air for a half an hour now right and Triple H looks over at Kofi Kingston and said Kofi you took that ass kicking for nothing we helped you for nothing (laughs) I still remember that to this day like it was hilarious like uh, that's that, that's like why I, I love that one because you know kind of just like you know the nostalgic effect again in my childhood um it's always you know reminiscing about it, it's always a good time too um 
obviously much better. Obviously, it's not like how the WWE is now. Not, I mean, I really don't. I don't pay attention to the WWE now as much. I still, I, I follow what I can <laughs> through various people I know, but that's about it. But uh, with that being said, I'm gonna go into my third uh, sporting event now, and um, it's actually a Buffalo Bandits game from five years ago. Actually, five years ago, almost to the day, uh, actually, la- five, five years ago last week, actually, this game was. It uh, was the uh, game, a Bandits game against the Rochester Nighthawks. And before the game, they had a retirement, uh, Jersey retirement ceremony for one of the greatest indoor lacrosse players of all time, John Tavares. And the name, sound, the name may sound familiar because... John Tavares, the lacrosse player, is the uncle of John Tavares, the hockey player for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, his jer- Tavares's jersey was retired. He they had a ceremony before the game. It was actually a sellout crowd, too, at the arena. Like eight, it just like eighteen thousand seven hundred and fifty for the most part. Um, and what I love about Bandits games is that. Before the game starts, like before they introduce the players and everything and all that stuff, down, like down, like this, the set, like the set of stairs, like in the middle of the arena, on on the uh, side of the benches, is a man like dressed in a Scottish kilt, and he plays the bagpipes. So this is always this is before every bandit's home game. He walks down and plays the bagpipes and the crowd just goes into a roar of eruption. And it's it's just amazing. And that's when you know like the party's gonna start because bandits games and indoor lacrosse games, like they're just party they're kind of like parties actually. Like you're you're you don't sit down. You stand like you're pretty much standing up the entire time. Like you might as well not even take a seat. Uh because you might as well not even take a seat because, like, there's so much action going on throughout the game. Uh, and it's not like a hockey game or a soccer game where you sit there and you just, like, celebrate, like, when a goal is scored. Like, you will celebrate when a goal is scored, but it'll happen more often than in a hockey game or a soccer game. But to see Tavares's jersey retirement ceremony is the best part of the game. In my opinion, because John Tavares is probably is one of the greatest athletes in the history of Buffalo sports, and is a legend in indoor lacrosse. And I had the pleasure of seeing him play lacrosse games on many occasions, so it just added to the fact that the Bandits ended up winning that game as well, and it was just a cool occasion for me for me and my dad to be there too, but. My next game I want to talk about actually is a Sabres game, but it's not the Sabres game that we're talking about that you talked about. That one is saved for last. Uh, I ended up going to the home opener of the fiftieth season for the Sabres uh, with my dad in October of twenty nineteen, and it was Captain's Night actually. So, like you said, you know when you were talking about. 2000s game game night yourself the Sabres for their 50th season had many different promotions home opener was captain's night 70s night 80s night 90s night 2000s night uh and a couple other nights too so with the home opener being like the first game of the season obviously for the Sabres they ended up bringing back as many team captains in in Sabres history as possible as a pregame ceremony so they ended up bringing like Don Luce, uh, Michael Pecka, Mike Foligno, Gilbert Perot, Danny Gare, Brian Gianta, Craig Rave, Jason Pominville, Brian Campbell. You know, they brought back like that's half of them. They brought back like fifteen captains, and they all and it was a wonderful on ice. Uh, uh, on ice cer- pregame ceremony before the game started. The play by play man R J Rick Jenneret who is in his 50th season himself as Sabres play-by-play man, gave a speech uh, as well to commemorate the uh, beginning of the 50th season. 
The Sabres ended up winning the game, too. They ended up blowing out the New Jersey Devils because, um, ironically, I end, I got to see Taylor Hall because Taylor Hall was on the Devils. Taylor Hall was on the Devils before he was on the Devils in that game. So I got to see this. I got to see Taylor Hall in the arena, not as a saber though. But the great irony in that is just amazing, honestly. So, like I said, the Sabers ended up winning the game. The atmosphere was amazing, like. And when hockey season begins, you know, you have the great feeling of like, hey, this team could actually fucking do something. I mean, obviously, we know that like they didn't make the playoffs that season. And I'll talk more about that later. But it just amazes. It's just amazing because like packed arena, uh, you know, you got the you've got the nostalgic feeling because of like rem- reminiscing about the past, seeing the current team win what win and just blow out an opponent. After the game, like everybody was kind of just like rowdy, going like, hey, 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 you know, like at a Bills game, let's go Buffalo. So like, it was great. Ironically, my dad ended up wanting to leave early too, uh, much like somebody else. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, no, I paid for these tickets. Not fucking happening. So my dad actually got mad at me because we didn't get back until like 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, dad, I don't care. We went to the Sabres home opener. I could have stayed at Fisher and gone to Courage Bowl instead, but I chose to do this. So it's a whatever. But with that being said, I'm going to go into my final game, uh, my final sporting event that, you know, is memorable to me. And it is the 2000s night game that you, me, and Ryan Eddy ended up going to in February. And ironically, the last sporting event that I actually attended, if I remember correctly. So, I love this game. This is actually proud. If I had to rank all of these games that I attended, I would probably have this at the top of the list. I would have it at the top of any event that I actually attended in person, whether it's a sporting event, a concert, or any, you know, anything for the most part, because it just brought back a lot of great memories for me. They were going to rem- they were going to commemorate the teams of the 2000s uh and mainly the mainly commemorate the teams of 2005, 2006, 2006, 2007, when both of those teams had memorable runs in the playoffs to the Eastern Conference Finals, especially the 2006, 2007 team. They were being commemorated for the most part because of their President's Trophy season, uh, where they had the most points out of uh, in the National Hockey League for that season. Uh, we ended up getting a we we all you me and Ryan Eddie all ended up getting a, our pictures taken with the trophy. I still have mine. I have it like the hard copy and uh, the copy on my phone too. Um, so that was nice to take. Um, I'm. It was nice to see all of the a lot of former players from the era of the two thousands. Uh, you know, like I said, Danny Briere, Chris Drury, Brian uh, Brian Campbell. Uh, Stu, uh, Stu, Stu, Bar- Stu Barnes too, you know, Craig Reve, Andrew Peters, they ended up bringing a lot of people back. Um, it was wonderful. The only one that I wish would have been there, obviously, this couldn't have happened because he plays for Anaheim, and and if I remember correctly, the Ducks had a travel day uh, on a road trip. But if Ryan Miller would have been there, it would have been amazing to see. But Sabretooth came down from the rafters, Better days was playing on the uh, on was playing on the scoreboard uh, on the scoreboard monitor. Yeah, I had tears coming out of my eyes a little bit, um, I, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's fucking go. Um, it was just amazing the the team the atmosphere of that game because like a lot of the nostalgia was being brought back about the success of that era under Tom Galasano. Um, was just, it was great. And one, and yeah, the game, the game itself was spectacular too. You know, they ended up falling down to a two, they ended up falling down, you know, two nothing lead to the Blue Jackets. Um, they ended up taking a three to two lead, uh, late in the third period. 
Um, my dad always talks to me about how we can how we saw Gilbert Perot's five hundredth goal. I can tell him that I saw Evan Rodriguez's last goal as a saber, but Columbus ended up tying the game with like ten seconds, maybe less than the game, and ten seconds or less than the game. Uh, they ended up going to overtime, obviously. And my favorite part about overtime is that the people that were sitting in front of us, because you and I were just bashing Connor Sheary all night, the people in front of us were praising him. And the dude said, if Connor Sheary scores in overtime, you have to buy a Connor Sheary jersey. And I said, okay, if uh, if Victor Ol- I'm going to say Victor Olofsson's going to score the game winner here, you have to buy an Olofsson jersey. Connor Sheary didn't even sh- step onto the ice in overtime. And who ended up scoring the game winner? And the guy looks at me, and I'm like, no, nah, we're not doing this. I got to get back to Rochester. Let's get out of here. <laughs> but, yeah, Ryan Eddy wanted to go back, like, before if an over, like when overtime started. I'm like, no, I paid for these tickets. That's not fucking happening. <laughs> yeah, you got to stay for the free hockey. Exactly. I pay, like, we pay, like, we paid good money for this. I mean, the only thing that sucked about the the only thing that sucked, if anything, about the game was coming back. Yeah, definitely. The the roads were slippery. Ryan Ryan fell asleep. Ryan Eddie fell asleep and like he fell asleep in the back seat. He was reading a book and then he fell asleep because he actually brought a book to read for homework and he was going to try and read it on the way back. Like we didn't get back until like 12:30 like 12.30, if I remember correctly, because the game ended around, the game ended around, like, 10, 10.15-ish. By the time we got back to my car, like, it was cold, like, I needed to, like, it was cold, and foot traffic was just ridiculous, so we got back to my car around, like, 10.20-ish, and by the time, like, we got back in Rochester, because... The sn- I remember it. Like, we were supposed to be driving into a snowstorm going into Buffalo, but we ended up driving into the snow when we were going back. And I'm like, this is awful. Because <laughs> I, re- I remember, uh, you know, just kind of illegally parking in a spot at, at, at Fisher when I wasn't supposed to. And I had to go somewhere the next day. And I'm like, hey, I didn't get a ticket, so that's all that mattered. But... um. Do you have any thoughts or or thoughts about the games that I just talked about there? Uh yeah, well, I'm just thinking. Luckily for us, we had uh, we didn't have class the next day, so we could we didn't have to get up early for anything. So that was a nice part of that. <laughs> I had to get up at. I had to get up oh, at like. That's right. <laughs> you got to sleep. You got to sleep I in. Did, at least. Ryan Eddie. Ryan Eddie had class the next day. And he was complaining about how he had homework due. And I actually had to go to an open house thing for my current employer. And yeah, that's right. I had to go to that. I, that. I remember, like, I I went there on, like, five hours of sleep. What sucks is I couldn't take a nap after that because I was just wide awake at that point. But that was the only thing I had to do. So, I mean, I had that going on. I didn't care. I had that going on the next day. You didn't see me, like, saying, hey, we got to get out of here. I didn't care. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it was cool that you got to see, you know, old Yankee Stadium, because I had actually gone there. Um, we took a family trip to New York City, and we went there, you know, in the summer, super hot day. We ended up, the Yankees weren't doing that great, so we left early, and then, like, we were on, like, the train or something, and they were like, oh, Yankees came back, had a miraculous <laughs> comeback, and won the game. We were like, oh, come on. That's, that's, that's how it goes. That is, yeah. that's how it goes. That's always how it goes, sadly. I remember one game I won to. I've, I remember one game I won to. I think it was a ho- I think it was a hockey game, actually. Um, it may have been an Amherst game, actually. I ended up leaving a little bit early. And, yes, I remember the game now. I won with Broken Grace. We ended up leaving early because the Amherst, we thought the Amherst were going to sc- win the game. We, le- we started walking out with like f- 10 seconds left in the game. Whoever they were playing that night, I forget who it was. I think it may have been the Crunch. 
Syracuse ended up tying the game with like two seconds left, and the Amherst ended up winning in overtime. And we left early, and I was, oh my god, I was mad. I was mad when I found that out. I didn't. I never told Brof and Grace though. They just assumed we won in regulation. I never told them that story. I never told them what happened because if I remember, like I would have, if we stayed for that game, I would have talked about it here. But obviously, didn't stay for the entire game. I needed to stay for the entire game for me to talk about these events. And, I mean, it, it irks me still in a way. Because I remember going to that game with them because I had to write about, like, a game setting for a class I was taking at the time for one of my sport management classes. I didn't even end up talking and writing about that game. I ended up writing about, uh, I ended up writing about a Sabres game I went to a few, week, a few weeks later during their 10-game win streak. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I ended up. Well, that's t- probably a good one, at least. It, 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 Sabres, that Sabres game was a much better game. That definitely, but I don't remember too much about it for me to talk about there. I mean, yeah, other probably. than it being like their seventh win in a row, I don't remember too much. I know like they beat the Flyers, but I'd rather talk about games that I enjoyed during the fiftieth season than uh, a, a game that turned out not to really mean anything because they shit the bed. But, I mean. With that being said, do you have uh do you have any other final thoughts there? I mean, yeah, sounds like a great list, like a good variety of stuff. Like, you know, some games I wouldn't even think of going to, or you know, the the wrestling, but sounds like they were you know really fun fun events to go to. I yeah, I know you're not huge on wrestling. I know you're not huge on wrestling there, but like that was good. Yeah, and that like I said, that was just mainly for nostalgic purposes to talk about. And also just because, like, it was a good time with my grandpa. Um, but with that being said, I don't really have any, I don't really have any, fi- any thoughts on my own. I mean, you know, you have a great list there, like I said. You know, hopefully I can go see an MLS game soon. Hopefully I can try to see a Syracuse Orange game soon, too. You know, just because it would be nice to see a Division One basketball program that isn't uh, out of Western New York. Even though UB and NU games are good, are fun to go watch. Obviously, when they're winning, they are. When they're not, it's awful. But with that being said, there, sir, I mean, it's been a pleasure to have you on, and I thank you. And you know, you're welcome to come on the podcast anytime you want. You know, you can be a guest. You know, if you have a talk, if you have something you want to talk about, just you know, shoot shoot it to me, and we'll go and we'll uh, shoot it to me, and I'll put you on the podcast on a later date. Okay. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was it was a lot of fun. Alright everybody, with March Madness here with the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament getting ready to start up in a few days, I have decided to make a bracket here on the podcast. You know, just start off in around the 64 all the way until I determine a champion in my bracket. I just want to say before I start though, I love March Madness, I love this tournament. Hands down, the greatest single elimination tournament in all of sports. I... I love everything about it, honestly, you know, the format, one shining moment, how I can just sit on the couch and watch nonstop college basketball, all the Cinderella stories, potential upsets, Jim Nance, Bill Raftery, the Capital One commercials with the Charles Barkley, Spike Lee, and Samuel L. Jackson, you know, and as Bill Raftery says, going off of the Cinderella stories, you get to show some love for the little guy, it's it's all amazing, honestly. March Madness is a beautiful spectacle in itself. From tip-off of the basketball games to the commercials to anything in between, it's just, it's just wonderful. And brackets are one of the key aspects of March Madness. And with that being said, I'm going to begin making my bracket... In the West region of the round of 64, and I'm going to begin with the number one overall seed, Gonzaga, taking on 
their for the winner of the first four matchup. And to be honest, I'm not going to care much about the first four matchup there because Gonzaga is going to win, in my opinion. So I'm taking Gonzaga over whoever wins the first four matchup there. Number eight, Oklahoma takes on number nine, Missouri. Tough matchup. Eight and nine te- seeds are always kind of one and the same. I'm taking Oklahoma. 5-12 matchup, Creighton versus US, UCSB. Uh, I don't know here, honestly. You know, game predictor, if for a game predictor here is taking Creighton in every aspect. Coming off of a huge loss to Georgetown in the Big East uh, championship game, though. I'm going. I'm going upset here. Twelve v five. Twelve over five. UCSB over Creighton. Virginia against Ohio. Virginia's got a lot of COVID issues right now, um, and Ohio really isn't a pushover. I mean, I understand that the MAC is kind of like a smaller conference and everything, and Virginia, you know, coming out of the big bad ACC. Uh, <sighs> My heart says Ohio, but just to play it safe, I'm going to go with Virginia. Uh, USC against either Wichita State or Drake. Um, I'm going to take USC here just because, I, you know, it all depends on who they play. If they play. If they end up playing Drake, they would end up winning. If they play Wichita State, I feel like they could lose, but it's another safe pick here. I'm going to take USC. Kansas versus Eastern Washington. Uh, Eastern, you know, Kansas, every every year that Kansas comes into this tournament, it's always like, oh, Kansas should make the Elite Eight at least. Kansas should make the Elite Eight at least. And they always end up bottling it somewhere. And it's always fun to laugh at Kansas when they bottle it because I just don't like Kansas. I'm not going to lie. I don't give a fuck about Kansas. I don't like them. I don't like Bill Self. I would love for Eastern Washington to actually beat Kansas, but I don't see it happening. Kansas on to the next round, even though they have COVID issues. Oregon versus VCU, 10 v 7. It's kind of like the 8 9 matchup here. You know, they're very similar. I'm taking the 10 seed VCU over Oregon. Iowa versus Grand Canyon, easy matchup, Iowa. Moving on to the East region. Michigan versus another first potential first four opponent. Uh, I'm taking Michigan, obviously. They're just too good. LSU versus St. Bonaventure. SEC runner-up versus A-10 champion. Eight, nine teams, once again, like I said, very similar. St. Bonaventure, not really talked about all that much, honestly. Uh, LSU's favored, but not by much. I am, I'm taking the Bonnies, though. Western New York pride all the way for this one. Uh, LSU, you're going home. Colorado versus Georgetown. Big East champions at 13 and 12, taking on Pac-12, uh, Pac, taking on the Pac-12 Colorado Buffaloes. <sighs> Georgetown, you're on a hot streak. Colorado, you're a good team. Colorado's actually a pretty good team, you know, very underrated, uh, mainly because the Conference of Champions, the Pac-12, really doesn't get talked about a lot in college basketball. But I'm going with Georgetown here. They're pulling off the upset going into the round of 32. Florida State, UNC, Greensboro. I'm going with Florida State on this one. They could be a dark horse here in the East region. BYU versus Michigan State or UCLA. I'm going with whoever wins the Michigan State UCLA game. I feel like whoever wins that game could beat BYU, uh, especially if Michigan State wins. They're going; they are pissed off at the world for the most part. So I'm going to go with the 11 seed there. Texas and Abilene Christian. Texas is another team that could be a dark horse here in the East region, potentially go to the Elite Eight. So I'm going to go with Texas, UConn, and Maryland. Don't really know much about either of these teams, to be honest. I really don't. Um, I'm going to go with UConn, though. Alabama versus Iona to close out the East region. I am, I'm going to take Alabama. SEC champions. They're now a basketball school, guys, so look out. Um, I love Rick Pitino. I really do. And I, like, and I love the Metro 
Atlantic Athletic Conference. I love the MAC. Niagara University, my hometown school, is in the MAC. Uh, they ended up losing to Iona in the semifinals. And as much as I love King Rick Patino, and I, as much as I want him to go far into the tournament to say fuck you to the NCAA, Alabama is just that better of a team. So I'm taking Alabama. Into the South region, Baylor versus Hartford. Baylor, no doubt. North Carolina taking on Wisconsin. Ah. I love my Tar Heels. I am a North Carolina Tar Heels fan. But 8v9 is evenly matched. Um, Wisconsin, I, you know, honestly, the battle is probably going to be in the front court and also in the rebounds. And North Carolina is just better in the front and better in the, in the rebounding department. I'm going to take North Carolina to take on Baylor. Villanova versus Winthrop. <laughs> Taking Winthrop here is an upset. Purdue versus North Texas. Purdue. Texas Tech versus Utah State. 6v11. Yeah, let's 6v11, honestly. It's always hard to choose the 11. Sometimes it's choose, hard to choose the 11 over the 6. I am going to end up taking Utah State. I like upsets here in the South region. Arkansas versus Colgate. Going with Arkansas. Florida and Virginia Tech. I am going to take... I'm going to take the Gators of Florida in this one. Ohio State, Oral Roberts, easy pick here. Ohio State moves on. Into the last region, the Midwest, Illinois over Drexel. That's a no-brainer. Loyola, Chicago versus Georgia Tech. Sister Jean versus the ACC champions. I'm taking Sister Jean on this one. She is going to be in Indy to watch her beloved Loyola, Chicago in the tournament. I'm taking them. They will beat Georgia Tech in Go on to face Illinois in the round of 32. Tennessee versus Oregon State. The Beavers, they gnawed their way through the Pac-12, eventually winning the Conference of Champions in the tournament. Gnawing their way through. It's amazing, you know. Uh, I don't watch, I, I want to channel my inner Bill Walton here and, you know, kind of say that they're going to gnaw their way to a victory against Tennessee. No, no, no. You know what? Screw it. They're, they're going to beat Tennessee. I'm taking Oregon State. I like I like 12v5 matchups. Oklahoma State and Liberty. I'm going with Oklahoma State there. You can't go against Kate Cunningham. San Diego State and Syracuse. What Syracuse team is going to show up is the question. I'm taking San Diego State. West Virginia and Moorhead State. I am taking West Virginia. Clemson v. Rutgers. Rutgers hasn't made the tournament in 30 years. This is their first appearance since 1991. They're going to win. They're beating Clemson. Houston versus Cleveland State. All right. That's easy up there. So the round of 64 is complete. We're going to go back up to the West region to start the round of 32. Gonzaga over Oklahoma. Virginia over UCSB. I've got USC over Kansas. And I've got Iowa over VCU. So there is that in term. There's those Sweet 16 matchups there. East region, Michigan over the Bonnies. As much as I want to keep the Bonnies going far, I think that their time comes to an end over a very good Michigan team. Florida State over Georgetown. I think Florida State, like I said, they could be a dark horse here in this tournament. So we'll see what happens there. I've got Shaka Smart. It's Texas, Tech, Texas Longhorns uh, beating whoever is the 11th seed between the Bruins or Michigan State. And I also have Alabama beating UConn. So we've got 1v4 and 3v2 here. Going on to the South region, I have Ohio State beating Florida. I have Arkansas beating Utah State. Purdue beating Winthrop. Actually... I'm going to change that. Winthrop. Winthrop is going to beat Purdue. That's going to be my crazy hot take there, in my opinion. And Baylor versus North Carolina. I love my Tar Heels, but Baylor is a very good team. They are one of the best teams in the country. North Carolina has been inconsistent all season, but you know what? Fuck it. I'm sticking with my Tar Heels, baby. They're going to the Sweet 16. On to the Midwest region. 
Sister Jean and Loyal Chicago are going home against Illinois. Oklahoma State, Cade Cunningham, they're going to beat Oregon State. Sorry, Beavers, you're not gnawing your way through this one. West Virginia and Houston round out the Midwest onto the Sweet 16. All right, we've got Gonzaga, and I'm going to take Iowa going to the Elite Eight. I'm going to have Alabama and Florida State going to the Elite Eight out of the East. I'm going to have Ohio State and North Carolina going to the Elite Eight out of the South. And then I am taking West Virginia and Illinois out of the Midwest. On to the Elite Eight. I've got Gonzaga and Alabama advancing to the Final Four. In ter- advancing to the Final Four out of the West and East regions. From the South, I'm going to take Ohio State over North Carolina. I think their run ends in the Elite Eight. As much as I want to keep picking my North Carolina Tar Heels, their run ends. Ohio State is just a better team. And Final Four is complete with Illinois over West Virginia. And in the championship game, I have Gonzaga taking on Illinois, where Gonzaga will win in the championship game, and just for a tie break thing for shits and giggles, I'm going to say they win 77 to 77 to 71, and that's my bracket there. Gonzaga beating Illinois in the championship game on April 5th. Um, you know, I completed the bracket from the round of 64 all the way to the championship, and with that being said there, I'll just check in on the bracket after after each round, and I'll give updates on the podcast uh, when needed. And, you know, it's going to be a fun tournament nonetheless. I'm just glad that there's a tournament this year. I mean, personally, I don't understand, like, why the regions are still named geographically. Could They should just name them after the team that's the number one seed, to be honest, because they're in a bubble for the most part in Indianapolis. I mean... Either that or just do Indy 1, Indy 2, Indy 3, and Indy 4. I mean, East, West, South, Midwest, it makes no sense. Like, you're in the Midwest. Like, you are in Indianapolis. You're where the headquarters of the NCAA are. Um, But I guess they don't want to change too much. But with that being said, that's my bracket there. I'll update it as the rounds go on, obviously. Um, and I'll update the podcast as the rounds go on as well with how the bracket is doing. Go Tar Heels. Hopefully my bracket does well. Hopefully your bracket does well. If you choose to do a bracket, you can participate in ESPN's tournament challenge. That's how I'm doing my bracket. Also, you can participate on the NCAA website as well. They have a tournament challenge going on there as well. Uh, but with that being said there, everybody... Just enjoy March Madness if you love basketball. If you don't love basketball, eh, see what March Madness has to offer. All right, I'm now going to go into my final thoughts as I get ready to conclude today's podcast episode. And I just want to say this. Daylight savings time has come and gone. I may have lost an hour of sleep, but at the same time, the sun sets after 7 o'clock now, which means the days get longer. St. Patrick's Day is about to come and go too. That's a great time because we all can pretend that we're Irish, remember our Irish heritage if we are Irish, and drink. So if you are Irish, remember your Irish heritage on St. Patrick's Day. If you're not Irish, just pretend you're Irish. I mean, I don't, I, I'm Irish. I don't give a shit. You know, you want to go and wear green. You want to wear a Larry Bird Celtics jersey. You want to wear something that says... You know, kiss me, I'm Irish. You know, wear your beads and your hats and whatever. I don't I don't care. You know, it's a great day to just celebrate uh, the I celebrate St. Patrick, celebrate the Irish heritage. No, another great it's just another great day to drink too. I don't see anything wrong with that. Also, the spring equinox is coming too in a few days, which means spring will be here finally. We're done with winter, thank God. Spring coming means that we're one step closer to baseball season. As we all know, baseball begins in the spring, goes through the summer, and ends in the fall. So I'm looking forward to baseball season. 
once uh, the spring once the spring officially comes. All of this though is just leading up to summer. With daylight savings time happening, with spring officially coming in a few days, with baseball season approaching, we're turning a corner. We are turning a corner towards the summer of 2021. We are also turning a corner in terms of how we can eventually return to normal and finally put an end to how we were living in the COVID world. Numbers continue to go down in terms of positive positivity rates. Numbers continue to increase in terms of vaccinations, but we still have to do our part for and until everything is taken care of. But like I said, we're turning a corner towards the summer. I can't wait for summer of 2021 based on how everything is going right now and all the good things are going on in terms of vaccinations and low positivity rates and everything. Summer 2021 is about to be a whole move for everybody, I feel like. Here in Rochester, Genesee Brewery is releasing two beers to the Rochester and Western New York area. Uh, one of them is a summertime favorite called Ruby Red Kolsch. It is my favorite beer ever. It's honestly great. I recommend that you try it if you haven't. And another beer that they have already released uh, is a lemon strawberry version of their famous cream ale. I love that one too. Perfect beers for the summertime. Perfect beer, honestly, for the springtime too. Uh, I hope that Kolsch is no longer a seasonal thing eventually and I hope it's just a year-round thing because I feel like you could drink Kolsch any time throughout the year but with those two beers hitting the market with daylight savings time coming and going with the spring officially starting with baseball coming with St. Patrick's Day celebrations happening too we're turning the corner summer is coming we're going to return to normal too eventually And just on how everything is going right now, I feel genuinely happy. Although I will say that I feel like something or someone is missing. And until I figure out what is missing, I'm just going to keep on keeping on. And I recommend that you do the same. And with that being said there, that concludes today's episode of the Jerry's World Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can listen to and subscribe to the Jerry's World Podcast on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also follow the Jerry's World Podcast on Instagram at Jerry's World Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram too at J underscore Michelson 97. If you follow the Jerry's World Podcast on Instagram, don't forget to participate in the Jerry's World March Bandness 2021 competition. We are currently in the round of 32 and we'll be going into the round of 16 shortly. With that being said, until the next episode, just keep on keeping on. All right, everybody?